to everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And um, we're going to start a prayer and we're going to jump in and uh, tackle a conversation, so to speak. And how important uh, conversations are to leaders and hopefully the principles too that you can wander away with today to make you better leaders in the kingdom of God. Kim? Well, good morning. Um, it is good to see everybody. It's been a couple of years, right? Arriving at 8 a.m. to the doors closed and staying steadfast and having up anyway. So uh, let's start with that and then we'll find it. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for another day, a beautiful day that you have given us here. We pray for those that perhaps are in the accident in the canyon. Um, we know, Lord, that their life has been changed at this moment. So bless them. We think about our brothers and sisters in New Ukraine and the surrounding areas, and we just pray, Lord, for your hand upon them. Um, yeah, protect them, Lord. We thank you again for this day. Use our conversation to bless you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, our class title today is Conversations Matter. Um, it's not a rocket science topic, <laughs> and yet we believe. Uh, that having conversations is of the utmost importance. Some would say that having conversations is especially important in today's world, right? And I agree. But we also want to argue today that conversations have always mattered. It's something that's important always. And we've always needed to be at the table with each other. Um, that in reality, the conversation is the relationship. And that's something you want to point out today. The conversation is the relationship. It's almost impossible to have a conversation, sorry, to have a relationship without conversation. So we want to share with you today what we have discovered regarding the importance of having a conversation and why we need to create space and time sometimes the hardest part, space and time to have them. About two years ago, we began to pray about an idea that was to become a ministry called the Conversation Group. And our mission statement, I'm going to read it, is as follows. The Conversation Group mentors leaders to courageously transform their slice of God's world. We sense a strong felt need for mentoring conversations amongst leaders. And boy, were we right. <laughs> Our work has thrust us into a space of people, leaders in particular, but not exclusively, who are looking for a safe and wise space to bounce off ideas, to strategize, to express concerns, to celebrate. Right? To celebrate the wins. A space to just hear God and their own voice, kind of above the noise. And so since October 2020, we have had close to a thousand conversations with people around the globe. And today, Scott is going to share with you some of those insights about those conversations. But before we do that, I wanted to share with you um, the four principles that we try to uphold while we're having these conversations. Sort of, a, uh, sort of a lens, if you will, uh, that helps us shape how we approach conversations. 
and helps us keep in the forefront of these conversations that the relationship is the conversation. So our principle number one is divine design. And that principle is that we join God, the ultimate designer, to discover next steps together. We feel like this is important because um, it sends a powerful message that God is in control, that he is the designer. We are not. We can use conversations to help reveal next steps, but we must always remember who the designer is of those steps. Our second principle that we work through is, is called discovery before direction. We bring the questions, you bring the answers. Um, this principle simply means that when we have conversations, we ask a lot of questions. Asking questions helps us, helps the other person to hear themselves and to process out loud. Um, Jesus was a pretty big believer in questions. He asked over 300 questions in the New Testament. Principle number three, the Barnabas principle. We will be a Barnabas and encouraging God in your life. People need champions to come alongside them, to encourage them, to listen, to listen to their ideas, to ask questions in a way that gives them hope and discernment. So the Barnabas and then finally, our fourth one is silver, the silver lining principle. We live for God's silver lining in every situation. We not only look for it, but we believe it's there. We believe that there's a silver lining in every situation. You know, life is hard. People get beat up. Um, they often only see the negative. But we believe it's important to help them discover the good that almost always exists. But there is good in the work that God has called them to do as leaders. Sometimes they just need to be reminded. So those are the four principles that we approach, uh, we try to approach uh, when we're working with people. Um, most people see as a conversation group, they're looking for either soul care or strategy. And we've kind of discovered that it's really a blend of both. Then we might start in soul care, but we lead over into strategy or vice versa. It's not going to share a little bit more about that. Um, but those are intimately connected. So that's kind of just gives you an overview of, of the conversation group and how we are approaching things. And Scott, then I'm going to pass it to you to share some of the insights. Uh, this is strange to look out at this crowd. So many friends. In fact, people that are, I'm going to look down as I say this. People that we have a great relationship with in the conversation group. There, I love it. this crowd. Thank you for being here today. What a blessing and honor. So, I'll tell a story on Kim for a moment. We uh, were in transition in turmoil actually in April of 2020. Um, the Let's Start Talking ministry that we love, the board made the decision to kind of shut it down. We understand so much of that. You know, how do you run an international ministry that gathers and sends people around the world in the middle of the worldwide pandemic? So we said, well, what are we going to do? Because we just lost both of our right? 
And I don't know, we did the logical thing that I think you would do at the beginning of a worldwide pandemic. We went on a three-week road trip around America. <laughs> and it was a blast. And we cried the whole time, basically. And uh, we stayed in Vail for like 40 bucks a night because no one was there. No Jackson Hole, Wyoming, remember? We rode the ice all around going, that's the church Christ I want to work at. You know? <laughs> and we kind of put a little cover around ourselves to say, let's not talk about the future. So for about a month, we didn't talk about the future. And when we did come back, we started to talk to people and different things. One day, Kim comes downstairs and says, we're going to lunch. i got to talk to you. <laughs> and I thought, here, Bob, just went, oh, yeah, we've been through that, haven't we, husbands? I did do the dishes. Why? Boys, you know. So just get the car shower, it all kind of came together, and, and she said, I feel like the Lord gave this to me. You know, shower is my favorite place, that's the sacred place. My water bill's big and all that, but I don't care. And she said, I think we should start something that allows us to have conversations. You know, that sounds kind of weird. Like, she said, let's start a non-profit. Then the second piece of paper was structure on how to do it with in a nonprofit kind of way. What's that? What was that? Well, no, he was dry, but I she came out of the shower. That's what I was gonna do. It's not that The Modesto, 
Modesto. Modesto. <laughs> a wonderful place to grow. Sure. Yeah. And the outsider, uh, who was a Levite by, you know, by his heritage, so he was to be a trainer and to be a leader. And his parents said in college, or in Jerusalem, and trained there. When we can surmise a lot of things, one of the things I just kind of want to throw out is, I have a feeling he might have sat at Gamaliel's feet too. And he was in school, maybe even in school, with Paul. We don't quite know. But he was the outsider with an accent, who was Jewish that showed up, right? So he understood culture. He saw conversations. He saw how things work. And he became a Christian early, a follower of Jesus early in Jerusalem. And that began to bear fruit down the road. When Paul came along in his life, no one, no one wanted to have a conversation with Paul. Because he was the guy that was set aside to go and kill Christians. He was on a road trip. Kill Christians, right? I mean, kill Christians. Go find them. Drag him out and stone him. He was at Stephen's. He was on his way on the road to Damascus. So do you invite him to your next elderly? Do you believe that he's really changed? But Barnabas was the guy who God asked to come alongside Paul and bring him along and bring him in. And they brought him to Jerusalem and said, no, 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 no. Hey, you guys know me. Let me bring Paul along with us and begin the conversation. Think of those four principles and then go to Acts 15. Acts 15 is just fabulous. I've actually come to believe that every church leadership needs to study Acts 15 a lot. Acts 15. Verse 1. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch, Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers. Here's what they were teaching. The, the guys from the hometown, the home university, the big church, the ones that had it all kind of down. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying the elders were all behind us. But when you're from the know-it-all place, well, these kind of things kind of go around correctly. They said, unless you're circumcised, it's required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas. Out in Antioch, out back on Modesto or in Phoenix or somewhere else, disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send an email back to Jerusalem to get confirmation. Oh, wrong word. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some others, to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. To talk. Talk about this question. To go architect what it means to be a follower of Jesus out in the hinterlands as opposed to home. Okay. By the way, you know, we're all pretty much adults here. Um, imagine Paul Barnabas starting the church in Antioch with non Jewish folks, particularly the guys. Imagine. Brother, we are so glad you're going to follow Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to baptize you. And then, some of you are dead, right? We have instructions back home to circumcise you. 
That, you think it's an amusing question. <laughs> okay. That's a thousand year mark of what it means to be Jewish. And you're throwing that out the window? No, brother, here's, here's your window. And, and a delegation was sent back to Jerusalem. Verse 4, when they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul, it's still Barnabas and Paul by this point, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and the elders. They reported everything God had done through them. And there you go. And, and you know the rest of the story. They talked. I'd love to be a fly on that wall. Would you? To wrestle with them. Peter and James and John and the guy from out of town. Who had, remember Barnes had a funny accent? He was from Cyprus. I know he went to school here, but, you know, really? And they talked and they talked and they talked. So, by the way, letter writing and sending was a very common New Testament thing. We have the Bible because they sent letters and kept This must have been important enough that they had to sit down and talk. And they didn't work it out in one, two hour session. I am positive of that. They just had to talk. And somebody somewhere said, wait, death by committee. <laughs> right? But they kept talking. And you saw what happened at the end. In fact, in fact, uh, the architect, okay, remember that. There were some things here, even in the letter they sent back out, that were really interesting. They said, well, just don't eat meat to idols and drink blood. You know. It was just that was a little that was that was pretty Jewish. It just kind of encouraged and sexually around those three things. Okay? And 15, 20 years later, Paul in one of his letters, well, some may be dialed and some don't. They continue to architect. Right? They continue to talk. And the power of conversation. So all of us here, I think there are two places for us to think about conversation in our church. Keep talking. Keep talking. Bring questions. Don't always bring answers. That's hard for us to we kind of answer yours sometimes. And I really have to dial that back. You know. Um, just people would see how right I was every turn. You know, right? Uh, and the power of conversation has um, changed the world. And it doesn't always get credit for. Hey, we, we changed, don't we? We, we now we talk on Zoom. You know, 70 years ago, my grandmother's would have said, boy, the phone has changed the world. And let me do something here real quick. My hearing is popping out. Because now I hear you is hear better. But it is connected to my phone. I can go, hey, Siri, you're calling in you. Because what a tool for talking is communication. And then, of course, there is nothing like face-to-face sitting and having a moment together to work out the Jerusalem conversation. <clears throat> Kim talked a little bit about our mission statement. Um, conversation group mentors leaders to courageously transform their slices. How's that? Those of us who have been in ministry and are in ministry, we, we know that courage is really hard in our environments. It's really hard to go have those conversations. Roger and I talk about it. I love it. Uh, I don't, 
they make you an outlet? Yeah, I don't know, but it's good and bad. Yes. <laughs> yes.
In, in 2001, we had 45 official relationships kind of between Kim and I. And it, it averaged about nine, I think, throughout the years. So that gives you the number of hours. And there are days Kim and I will come home at night about six o'clock and say, we're out of words, we're done. Netflix or something. But even then, we find ourselves saying, hey, how's your day? Okay. Just keep talking. Keep talking. Keep talking in your church environments and keep talking in your home. We can't shy away from difficult conversations. And we have to have safe places. There should be another class somewhere down the road. What if your church and your church leadership is in a safe place? I think that's probably the, the, the pit in my stomach. And we should address that. I just keep talking. Um, I will say, when I worked here at Pepperdine, I drank a lot of coffee and had a lot of lunches with leaders. And it was so interesting to be a church, university church with all these administrators, right? We get meetings, and there's a meeting ethos, right? There's a meeting world. And even great leaders kind of often shy away from saying what needed to be said or from honest dialogue. But taking the coffee, you can have the best conversation ever. And that's what we need to be Now, Everett, I think you taught us this. I'm going to give you credit. <laughs> have a meeting before the meeting. And I think that's a great leader's It's a great leader's That requires the skill of conversation. I actually think there's Kim, you're out there in the middle, okay? And we have questions and stuff too. Um, I think we're sitting here today as Christians, 2,000 years later, because they had that hard conversation in some room in Jerusalem for days and days and days, I am sure. Imagine Acts 15, they got the scripture out. They wrestled with what it meant for their forefathers and I guarantee you they talk about more than just service. What are all these strange new people going to do in the church? They're not Jewish. They had the architect. They had the talk. Divine design. They were asking for God's guidance and God was asking them to put their best hats on the architect for their work. They asked lots of questions. I am sure there were some greatest in They came back at it. You know, you know they were. That was a tough crowd. It came back. Paul Barnabas stood up. I went, oh yeah. Because you see in other places in Scripture, I had to stand up here. I had to stand up to Barnabas. They stood up for what they believed and somehow communicated in such a way I'm sure was respectful, but forceful. That's what we're learning in conversation as we're working with leaders. Respectful. But you have a right to be at the table if you'll keep talking. There are times in emergencies you lay down the wall, of course. You say, okay, what do you have to do? You've been through a lot of that, right? You've got to make a decision this week about the new CDC guidelines. So, but your credibility will be because you love people, you've given them care of their souls, or you've been a great strategist going back and forth. You can't shy from away from and then your families and your marriages keep talking. That's about all I That's about all I Okay, come up here and join us. Let's just have, we've got about 10 minutes.
dialogue ourselves. What strikes you about any of that in the four principles about the conversation between soul care and strategy? Is there anything that comes to mind um, for you that you'd like to share with the group? We've got 10 minutes. Anything about that? For me, uh, what kind of stood out is, you know, Graham and I work in full-time ministry and doing that, and I find that we're getting a lot of time in front of Netflix because we're running out of words. And so <laughs> it felt like, I kind of like, okay, you're right. Like, I'm on my path, like, you know, we're on our journey. Still, Graham and I are having a good relationship. You know, we know we're on the same path together. Yes. We're having a conversation. It's not getting to the heart all the time because we're exhausted and out of words, but... Um, it felt reassuring to know that, you know, even in your... In our sweet marriage. That's right. There are days. You have Netflix nights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That Friday about you, that would be... Exactly, exactly that. Yeah, I'd like to share something. I appreciate what you guys said. So, I brought a church of the Nazarene elder here. I'm mm. letting you know the background. And uh, I'm an elder of the church of the Nazarene. Tell me your story. And the place and the space. 
Yeah, I saw a hand over there. What was the hand somewhere? Aaron, does this make sense as a counselor? I'll just call you out. We know each other well. Does this make sense as a counselor? For marriage and addiction? Do you want me to say what? Yeah, say, say something important. <laughs> <laughs> I put you on the spot. No, it's good because I, 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 the soul care strategy balance is really interesting, right? Yeah. You can end up in too much strategy and not enough soul care, yeah. and it can feel very hollow. Yeah. You can end up in too much soul care, not enough strategy, and then you have a direction. Yes. And so, how do you keep the conversation going? Hopefully, you balance both. It was helpful to have two S's for us, one soul care We leave the C off, yes, yes. soul care. <laughs> As a leader. Yeah. Even for your kids, it's that balance, right? Because you're helping them architect their lives. Kind of doing a form of going to get you really got to listen more and help them. Quick comment. Yeah. I, one of the things that I've we share something in common that my wife and I are in ministry together. Yep. She's our secretary, and you guys are in ministry together. And, uh, and that, that puts interesting twists in, on your own conversations. I'm on sabbatical right now. But when we get back from this trip, she's going back to work. And she's going, how can I not talk to you about what's going on in church? I mean, that's, that's it's an important part. But at the same time, it's important, I learned, in, in the, with Scott and I having been talking Two years. Yeah, crazy, uh, crazy. Um, it's been very good to have someone I can talk with. I, this, don't get it wrong. <laughs> I can say things to Scott. I can't say it. Right. Um, you know, because of our shared background, because of our shared experiences. Uh, so that, you know, just as a testimonial to the power of that, it's been very, very helpful for me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and one of the things I've discovered that I'm other people discover this about themselves. Um, and if you haven't, something to look into in your soul care side. Uh, uh, what, what energizes you? Um, are you a person that can read a book and get all the ideas and work it up yourself and go? Or are you the person that has to talk to somebody else about it to help develop and strategize? And, and you know, and I'm definitely the latter, not the former. And, uh, and so that is, that is where you that, that and even somebody that is a self-starter really can benefit from a conversation too. So I just want to share that. I think something that's powerful for a lot of leaders is to talk to somebody outside of your network. Yes. Part of There are things, right, you just can't go to talk to your, you know, institutional leaders or your elders and stuff to find people that you can share their experiences. So kind of on that note, I want to suggest, um, share, you guys know a lot of people, you know a lot of people in the ministry. Our model is quite interesting in that um, donors have come alongside. Some of, some of those donors are in this room. They have literally so much in this idea of offering a safe place, maybe outside of the, the up and down you know, ministry line that you're working in. Um, so they, the donors have come alongside, and so we are able to not have to charge for the first three sessions. Um, for anybody that wants to come and call us or set up an appointment some time together, because we want to be available to everyone. And ministers in particular, people in ministry, don't always have an extra pile of money to give us 
time, right, for, for soul care, for, for these kinds of things. And so if you know somebody that might just benefit from bouncing off with some conversations with us, um, it's quite, really simple. Conversationgroup.net is our website. They can go on there, fill out a real simple form, and you can see if we're, we're a good match. We feel like it's something that we can come to the table with and be together. And so we just, it's a blessing um, that many, many donors have come alongside and said, yes, we believe in this. Let's set it up so that there can be conversations. And so use that resource if it's something for you or someone else. Um, we don't have to know you, that person. We don't have to know you to be able to have a conversation. So we invite you to, um, to use that resource. In, in our gap, we just have a couple minutes. We've had a great time. We aren't selling anything, right? We don't have a product, four steps to this, and nine steps to that. We just take people where they are. And that's what we encourage you to do. As leaders, take people where they are. Keep on. Keep on. keep looking back at you. Fallon's the one year in to be a campus minister at Pepperdine University. There are hundreds of students. I know you can't talk to all of them. But you know this, don't you? They're hungry for someone to know their story. Thank you for what you're doing. Each of you in these roles that you're in, thank you. Tell me your story. It's one of the most powerful things God uses as tools. I'm going to call on you for prayer, Dr. Wofford, because I think you've been the master of this in your career and your life, including so many people in this room, including us. You know, I would like you to ask God to help us with great conversations. Lord, we know that through the incarnation of Christ, you had an extended conversation with the world, and the world saw your glory, full of grace and truth. And I pray that you will give us all the, the wisdom and the insight and even the desire to be good listeners, to be concerned about others, and to realize that how Jesus turned the world upside down was through one beautiful conversation at a time mm -hmm. with 12 men who continued that conversation and it went global. So we pray that your spirit will continue to guide us and lead us and bless God and King their ministry and all of us as we seek to be your witnesses to the eternal conversation.